Hello and welcome to the Flop House. My name is Elliot Kalen and I'm joined tonight. It's nighttime when we're doing this, and it's daytime where you are possibly <laughs> look out the window. Night has fallen just through the power of my voice. Deal with it. But I'm joined tonight by <laughs> Dan McCoy, who's you know, you could have just not made any prediction about the the time of day. And Stuart Wellington, and it's nighttime where I'm at too. Yeah, it's true. It is it's nighttime, nighttime where all three of us are at currently. And it's now nighttime where you, the listener, are. Close your eyes, unless oh. you're driving, and imagine that it is a deep, dark night, the witching hour, when spooks and spirits and ghouls and ghosts come out of the graveyard okay. because it's time to celebrate a belated Mother's Day. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It was Mother's Day a week ago, and we're going to be doing some mom talk about moms at the movies. But first, Dan, why don't we have a mom fun drive? I'm sorry, Max fun drive update. How did things go a week ago when Max fun drive ended and where we are in terms of rewards for our listeners? listeners uh you know what it went really well it went really well um we uh we smashed the first uh goal the like the one we that were the we, phantom smashing evil yeah mm-hmm. that we were really he hoping slam to get he we're slammed getting. evil <laughs> i'm sorry dan can you go back and say we slammed the first reward level? <laughs> elliot, elliot can you we pen slammed. a letter to billy zane to apologize I'll do that. Dear Mr. Zane, I take pen in hand to apologize for misremembering the slogan to your hit film, The Phantom. But, uh, you know, so we're going to be sending out, um, it'll be it'll be to a total of 30 listeners uh, who were uh, new upgrading, boosting this time around. We'll get those names uh, from people. And, uh, you know, people at the max as opposed, fun. To, as opposed to going to a cave and asking a bear for the names. <laughs> We're going to ask Cassandra the heavens to predict. For, yeah. <laughs> Here, let me go uh, look into my scrying pool, Dan, and hopefully, no, hopefully gonna, the spirits of the waters will give us the names. We're going to find those names and we're going to uh, use a randomizer to pick 30 people, 10 of whom will get uh, signed copies of Elliot's Maniac of New York comic. Ten uh, from Stu, I believe there was uh, swag of some kind. It swag was, was promised. Swag will be delivered. <laughs> um, and then from me, I the, will. The S in swag stands for Stuart, and the W stands for Wellington. Uh-huh. I will get in contact. Stuart so... Wellington audience <laughs> gifts swag. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I will get in contact with those members and be like, "Hey, what uh, favorite movies do you want me to draw something from?" Uh, so we, we probably hit, oh, they're and, probably gonna want to get drawings of the pregnancy scene in Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. <laughs> There's no. They all picked. They all picked cheeky clarify. for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Dan, I could be a do it. I. But anyway, um, so we also, you know what? We we fell we fell just just a tiny bit short of the Country Bears, uh, but it was within. Uh, it was it was sixty one short. We're gonna we're just gonna do it, guys. We're gonna we're not gonna what? we're not gonna be dicks about it. We came so close. We're gonna hey, do the country I, bears uh, commentary. If I learned anything from being a parent, it's that you set limits and then you allow your children to blast through those limits and you mm-hmm. reward them anyway. Yeah, so let's well, do the it. The thing is, you know, whatever. It's been a very tough several years. The fact <laughs> that we did as well in this drive. Thank you so much during a difficult time. Like I, I just, you know, yeah. Thank you for thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. And thank you for also the pledges and to return uh to say you're welcome and uh, thank you 
we will uh, <laughs> to our Italian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> we're going to do this Country Bears commentary. It may not be uh, right off. Uh, we haven't figured out when we're going to schedule it, but before uh, the end of this, it's not going to be this, for a little while. Before the end of this calendar year, after this uh, pledge drive, we will do the Country Bears. Hey, uh, I just want to jump in and apologize if you guys are you, for all of you that are watching at home. And if I look, uh, if I look a little confused, <laughs> it's because my cat Meatball has the zoomies right now and it is adorable uh, because ah. he chirps while he's doing it like a little bird. Uh, but he's not accomplishing much. Like, where's he going to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, to put your mind at ease, uh, there's no one watching. <laughs> but I dressed up. Why did I dress up? Well. <laughs> I, you are wearing a what appears to be maybe a velvet sort of smoking jacket with it's a robe. What's a underneath black, it? No, it's a robe. Okay, it's a robe in the smoking jacket style. Let us be clear. To I am not doing a bit right now. No, no, Stuart, a, Stuart is, is showing it's big Hugh Hefner vibes. At yeah, his house. it's yeah. a sort but of like, a maroon robe with a black. No, yeah, respectful uh, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will anyway. say, I, before we get off the Max Fun Drive entirely, I also want to say thank you, everybody. And I will say one of the best things about this year's Max Fun Drive was I heard a lot from listeners who in the past didn't feel like they had the means to support us. And now we're like, I got a job where I can pledge. And that was the best part of it was hearing about all these listeners who are feeling more financially secure and, and have employment that they're happy about. And that was a, a wonderful uh, not predicted side benefit of Max. <laughs> no, that Drive, is a very that. nice message that we sort of get like inadvertently as part of the way things are set up. It's just like, oh yeah, great. Like I'm glad that so many people seem to like. I don't know. Things are looking up. I hope. Yeah, I hope I mean, for it, folks. Hopefully, I mean, it, what it also tells me is we have to cultivate more of a billionaire audience. Uh, <laughs> so, so Elon, if you're listening. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> well, put, I still don't like you. Put, but yeah, yeah, please put listen. The phone down. If we you're should listening, uh, please stop it. They can start listen listening, to something else. and then I could I could trick them into walking into this guillotine I have set up. Oh God, what? I mean, now you're threatening a public figure, billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that legally it's. Still- I'm not no, threatening Dan, anything. Right. I've just he's set right. up a guillotine. Uh-huh. He's right. Legally, you can chop the head off a billionaire. It's in the lo- it's in the legal code. Yeah. Thomas okay. Jefferson put it in there. Uh, if, as long as you don't do it yourself, you just set up the guillotine and they stumble into it like some kind of French farce that's a French oh, Revolution sort of a farce. Inspector Clouseau sort of figure. Mm-hmm. What if what if they did a a, a door a bedroom door slamming French farce, but it's set during the French Revolution? So instead of door slams, it's a guillotine chopping people's heads <laughs> See, off, and people are just kind of jumping into the wrong guillotine and, and yeah, people just leave around. a room and go into a guillotine. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess yep. you lose the cast over the yeah, course. Yeah. Of sounds like a real play. problem. You need a very large cast for something like that. Kind of sounds yeah. like the house from Thirteen Ghosts. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey Elliot, remember yeah. uh, Thirteen Ghosts? <laughs> yeah, I do Elliot, remember Thirteen. That whole house. Yeah. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham's house was made out of glass. <laughs> yep, yep. And it had like yep. writing on all the glass. Now, is that what the glass house the movie is about? Is it about yes. F. Murray Abraham's house? And Lily Sobieski has to go live there. And then uh, mm-hmm. Stellan no. Skarsgård. With F. Murray Abraham. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so guys, know. have you ever have you ever played the game Fuck Mary Abraham? Now that's when you, <laughs> yeah. you get three names and you uh, just say uh, uh. who are you, who are you gonna f, who are you gonna mer- marry, and who are you gonna Abraham? Uh-huh. Which in this case is kill. It's well, it's, it's <laughs> pretend that you're gonna kill, but then God says at the end, no, it's fine. Don't God worry says, about psych, it. you don't have to do it. Your son's fine. God says <laughs> and, it's and, fine. You and can you're do a country bear thing for the rest thing. of your life. <laughs> your relationship with your child has been ruined. Yeah. <laughs> Any sense of trust is gone. I mean, anyway, look, Ellie, you had a back, back in biblical times, dads and sons didn't have good relationships. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to now, now with a yeah. great. So we've had a lot of fun tonight. We've talked about a lot of great things. <laughs> yeah. And it's time to get to the serious part of the episode. Okay, okay. guys. I'm uh, behind, I'm uh, at the wheel this time. Uh-huh. And it's not mm. a car wheel, we're on a ship. So it, things are, you might get a little rocky and you might get a little seasick because we're going to play okay. a little game tonight that mm. I don't think you're going to enjoy very much. But Why maybe not? you will. I don't know. Okay. A lot of times we've done games where we have to identify things or we have to guess titles for things uh-huh. or whether Eric Roberts is in a movie <laughs> or not. I sure. wanted to I wanted to indulge a different part of your brain than just a rote trivia memory. And mm. I'm going to bring us to a debating game. That's right. You two are about to engage in a series of debates on the subject of moms. That's right. It's everyone's <laughs> favorite debating game, Mansplain, the debating game for white cishet upper class nerds. No. And it's a special Mother's Day mom versus mom edition. Mm. So here's how it goes. You two will be debating each other in a series of rounds. Choosing between <clears throat> two moms from the movies, you're going to debate which mom is the better mom, which, which – which, why should I choose that mom as my mom? Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's going to be uh, a num- – there's a number of categories. Uh, you're going to take turns being the one who chooses first, which mom you're going to – you're going to argue the case of. Uh, you'll, we're going to do this classic debating style. The person who chooses will get one minute for your opening statement. Your opponent will get one minute for his rebuttal, and then the person mm. who chose will get 30 seconds for their counter-rebuttal. I may also let the clock run longer if I feel like it or if I forget how much time has gone by. Perfect, okay. And points are going to be awarded by me on a painstakingly arbitrary uh, manner. So <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. This, will be, this, is, this is a high level of forensics yeah. and just random choice. So – Let's begin with the first round of this mom versus mom edition of Mansplain, the debating game for white cis head upper-class nerds. So, okay, this is the first round. Dan, you get to choose which side you're taking first because I imagine you are more nervous than Stuart. Uh, This first (laughs) round is supportive single suburban moms in the movies. Who would you like Uh to argue the case of there being a better mom? Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. That's right, the woman who spent over a decade of her life having to hang out with Richard Linkletter for weekends at a time to be in a movie about a kid who, to be honest, is not that special a kid. Or would you rather <laughs> argue the case of Dee Wallace, who has to put up with a wrinkly alien hiding in her child's bedroom closet? Would you like uh, to argue in favor of the mom in Boyhood or the mom in E.T.? I'm going to go with D. Wallace, Elliot. Okay, could have seen that coming. So, Stuart, you'll be arguing the case of Patricia Arquette and Boyhood Academy Award-winning performance. The movie, of course, lost Best Picture to Birdman, perhaps the second most forgotten Best Picture winner of the last what twenty a years. Turd. The first most forgotten Best Picture winner of the last twenty years, of course, The Artist, a movie I routinely forget existed. <laughs> it won Best Picture. All right, so Dan, that's neither here nor there. Let's go. Your minute starts now. Tell me why is D. Wallace the better mom in ET? And go. Uh, you know, there's a, there's an extraterrestrial in her home and she doesn't react with sort of the panic of a woman who wonders 
maybe this has brought interdimensional, otherworldly viruses, uh, like diseases, into my house. Instead, she's worried only for the safety of her children and for the that lovable scamp E.T., and uh, you know, this may be extra textural, but uh, of course, that's D. okay. Also, is ET, yeah. <laughs> extraterrestrial. <laughs> He's the extra textual extraterrestrial, yeah. Also, did a bang up job protecting her son from that rabid Saint Bernard. Not so much in the book. In the book, she didn't do <laughs> so well. But you know what? That book character was not D. Wallace. In the book of ET, you're saying? Yes. Only in the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. The book of yeah. The book of. <laughs> Neither in the book of E.T. or in Cujo did they say... Oh, sorry, Dan. You said the word Cujo just as the minute ran out, so I can't give you points for that part. As far as I know, you think that the book of E.T. had had an angry dog in it. So so you'll get your points for that. Uh, Stu, it's your turn. You have one minute to tell me why Patricia Arquette in Boyhood is the better mom. And go. What is time? (laughs) Time is a thing that is... Ever marching onward, Patricia Arquette knows this all too well in the movie Boyhood. Let me explain it to you. (laughs) She has this child. The child is with her quite a bit. Uh, She has multiple partners, some of whom are drunks. And Ethan Hawke is, like, always hanging around. And I was wondering, in The Northman, do you think Ethan Hawke had, like, a muscle suit on? Because he looks kind of bulky, but I don't think he looks that bulky in real life. That's a good question I just asked. So the other thing is Patricia Arquette is great. She uh, it, well, yeah. Didn't she speak to ghosts on a TV show? And she was in Lost Highway. What a picture. So what I'm trying to explain is Cujo. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's it. That's a minute, right? Yep, that's a minute. Uh, you strong start. That's you kind of lost your way a little bit in the middle there. Uh, Dan, now it's uh, okay. This is the final round of the first round. Dan, you have thirty seconds to uh, to have your counter rebuttal to whatever it is luck. Stu just said. <laughs> okay, and go. I'm glad that uh, Stu brought up both Cujo and Lost Highway because while D. Wallace. <laughs> was protecting her child from within a car. Do you want a mother who's going to get you lost on the highway? (laughs) Possibly you're on your way to Disney World. It's delaying. By the time you get there, there's no time for any of the good rides. You're just going to have to get on, I don't know, the teacup one. And uh, if you stand in line long enough, you'll probably get on It's a Small World. And uh, that's okay. Not a that's full day. that's the uh, that's the end of your counter rebuttal. I mean, it was strong, but you, I, I like the teacup ride. So unfortunately, that <laughs> yeah, hurts a little bit. Sorry. So know your audience. Looking looking at the first round, uh, our final scores. I'm going to say that Dan is slightly in the lead. Dan okay, has fair. three points. Stuart has one point. <laughs> Uh, Dan, uh, I wish you would have had a higher score if you could have gotten Cujo in during that first statement, but unfortunately it was just a little too late, so I'm not sure you've seen E.T., but some of the other things you said really rang true, and, uh, I like that the way you turned Lost Highway around. Stu, I loved how, I loved your opening on that argument, and then it kind of, you kind (laughs) of forgot what you were talking about, so that's why you only got the one point. Okay, so now, but now it's round two. Okay, round two. 
Uh, so this time Stuart gets to choose his side Uh-oh. and this is a different kind of round. This is still, again, still about moms. These are supportive moms. This is the category Mars of needs badass, pro- yeah, badass protector moms. These are the moms uh, who are who are willing to to hurt somebody to help their child. Real and mama in this bears. case, you get to choose between Sarah Connor and the queen alien. Who are you going to argue the case of as the best mom? <sighs> Two James Cameron joints. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to do Sarah Connor. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, Dan, you'll be arguing the case of the Queen Alien as a mm-hmm. better mom than uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah. Uh, and, Stuart, your first uh, statement. You have one minute. Starts now. Okay, so Sarah Connor, like, started off as a waitress, so already she's got these great uh, multitasking skills. Uh, she works real hard. She loves her kid. Uh, and then get, uh, she doesn't have a kid yet because all of a sudden this dude from the future named Michael Bean shows up and he puts a baby in her. And it's like, what? That baby is going to be the king of the future? And his name's going to be John Connor, which I don't know if you know that. There was another guy named with a JC initial and he had some pretty wild ideas. Uh, and so uh, Sarah Connor then lost her baby, made a bunch of friends, but then she got super fucking ripped for part two. I mean, what? Check out those shoulders and arms. It's nuts. Uh, And then she broke free. And, you know, things were a little bit rocky at first, but they got along great. And you know what? They beat a T-1000. So thumbs up to Sarah Connor. Um, Some additional elements about uh, Sarah Connor is that she's I'm sorry. That's all the time you have. (laughs) I apologize. You've you've run out of time. Uh, I do want to hear those, so save them for your (laughs) counter-rebuttal, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm really disappointed you didn't start with, what is time, since it's it's a time travel movie? But- but you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, a lot of a lot of plot summary in there, but that's good. That's fine. Uh, Dan, okay, now it's your turn. You have one minute to tell me why is the Queen Alien a better mom than Sarah Connor? And go. First off, uh, is there a, a measure of a mother better than, of course, <laughs> quantity of offspring, <laughs> size, of, size of size of brood, and. Boy, does the queen alien have it when it comes to number of children compared to Sarah Connor. Only managed the one before Kyle Reese was killed. Number two, uh, you know, it's an an alien. You know, people say the xenomorphs are, uh, you know, loveless creatures. But this alien was willing as an act of revenge to hitch a ride on a spaceship up into space and attack uh, Ripley and murder a bystanding android, a synthetic, <laughs> as they prefer to be called, mm-hmm. uh, if, I re- if I recall. Very tolerant. I, I appreciate told. that. Um, and and that's your minute. That's oh, your minute. thank you. You, you, you made a, com- a compelling argument, a compelling, somewhat insulting to most mothers uh, who aren't the Queen Alien argument. Uh, Stuart, you know, have 30 seconds to uh, rebut Dan's rebuttal. This is a re-rebut. And give me the Sarah Connor argument. Go. You say uh, size of brood. Well, what if we were talking about the mother of all of humanity because that's what she gives the future by birthing John Connor, a boy who she raised, troubled teen, but she gave him the life skills he needs to teach a robot how to say cool ass shit and give thumbs up. (laughs) 
Does the queen alien teach anybody anything? No, all she does is scream, shoot out her little tongue mouth, and then get killed. Uh, oh, Sarah Connor, excellent. not killed. Oh, okay, good. I want, I'm glad you, I'm glad you finished that that thought. I'll, I'll I'll let you finish that thought, guys. Another great round, I got to say. So tallying up the scores now at the end of that round, uh, Stewart actually has a. Oh no, I, I'm sorry. It's tied up. It's tied up is what I meant to say. Wow. Stuart doesn't have a lead. It's tied up though. Uh, sorry, I was I was doing the scores as I was talking. But that's, hey, it's a tie game. It's literally anyone's game. And we've got mm. another round before we take a uh, commercial break. This this next round, Dan Ooh. gets to choose who he's going to argue first, which, oh, good thing because this is right up Dan's alley. It's the sexy moms category. Oh, sexy shit. moms of the movies. Dan, will you argue the case of Morticia Adams from the Adams Family films or... Leah Thompson in Back to the Future, Morticia Adams can't keep her hands off uh-huh. her husband. Leah Thompson can't keep her hands off her son. <laughs> Which who's who are you gonna argue is the better mom? <laughs> I'm gonna argue uh for Leah Thompson. I'm not surprised at all. So Stuart, you'll be arguing in favor of Morticia Adams. Dan, your opening statement, you have one minute again, starts now. Look, you all know me. I'm pervisoid number one. Mm-hmm. I'm an innocent Pervisoid, I'm not going to cause you any trouble, but I'm your friend on the other side of these headphones who is not afraid to say kind of gross things. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people seem to enjoy your uh, taboo porn and Back to the Future was way ahead of the curve when it came to slamming that into the mainstream. So if you want to cover all elements of this great what am I doing, guys? I don't I don't even You haven't said much about I, her as a mother. She's she's pretty good once the the past gets fixed, you know? Like early on she seems kind of, you know, beaten down by life. I, I don't think that's her fault. You know, okay. her husband and, is a layabout. And Dan, what? that's Sorry. your minute. Okay. Wow. wow. <laughs> what a oh. mess of an argument. Stuart, <laughs> you're going to have to try hard not to win this one. So this is... <laughs> so, God, but Dan, you tried me. your best. Uh, I, I have to admit, Dan, you did kind of walk into the guillotine I set up for you there. So mm. thank you for uh, being true to form. Uh, now, Look, Stuart, I'll yes. I'll drive into the skid. Uh, Stuart, let's... Uh, yeah, you have one minute. Uh it sounds like you're already revving up. Tell me about Morticia Adams. Why is she the better of the two sexy moms? Uh, well, she's always like lounging around and stuff. And yet at the same time, she <laughs> gives her kids plenty of space to learn and be children and do their own fucking thing, right? She and Gomez are always dancing, catching roses and teeth. There's always close-ups on her <laughs> eyes that are lit very well. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she's really great. And... Uh, you know, I don't know, like, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Come no, on. <laughs> you might need more specifics in this argument. <laughs> no, wait a minute. But you know, it's like, you know, right? right? You still have 10 more seconds. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, trying to run out the clock. <laughs> in conclusion, <laughs> you know, right? 
Okay, right? and that is your rebuttal. I, I right. said you're going to have I'm, to work hard, and you did. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to win this one on redirect because uh, here, here's they, what I got to say. Okay, and go. <laughs> well, you know, my learned colleague's argument, the last half of it was just basically kind of a retread of his wait, what, come on bit, which is a classic bit, but it, it has little salience on the matter. And also, are we to believe, like, half of his arguments are just describing the films that these characters appear in. Like, is the, is the mark of a great mother that she has her eyes lit really well? I don't know. Not in real life. I'll tell, I mean, obviously, also not in real life. Ooh, One shouldn't up, go up, back and pass. Abort! Abort! No! No! Wait! Hold on. <laughs> okay, and that's your time. So, so, so you really went after his argument. You didn't really back up your thoughts about his back to the future. But that's okay. It's debate. Sometimes Felt debate personal, is about tearing honest. down your opponent. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's so. This is uh, so. I this that round did not go the way I thought it would in a lot of ways. Uh, but tallying up the points, Dan takes a slight lead. Uh, we are now at six to five, Dan, uh, in that's terms of a points. Surprise. <laughs> It's I I the Stuart lost a lot of points when he just kind of stopped arguing to do a bit. And, uh, so let's let's take. You I know think what? you both worth it. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can see that the your debate engines are overheating and there's steam coming out. So why don't we take a break for a short uh, sponsor moment, Dan? Who's our sponsor on this on this special episode of the Flophouse? I don't know whether they want to be associated with this particular episode, <laughs> but our sponsor is Kitty Poo Club. Now, look, I'm a cat person. Uh, uh, many folks may have seen uh, uh, that I have two cats, or the household has two cats, Audrey and I, uh, Archie and Panda. And uh, we love those cats, but that does not mean that we love having a litter box in our home. Uh, you know, you don't really enjoy dealing with uh, what's basically a box full of excrement on, on a regular basis. But Kitty Poo Club takes care of some of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership. So you can just love your furry friend. And every month, they deliver an affordable and recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. When the month is up, you can just recycle the used litter box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. And you can easily customize your subscription at any time. You can add toys, treats, accessories, whatever will make you and your kitty happy. I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, you know, like I don't have kids around, so if I want to buy a toy, it's gonna be Hopefully for the cat. Not, yeah. I like. I like to. I like <laughs> not to after see, the stuff you said. Yeah, <laughs> I like to see the cat play with the toys and be happy. Kitty Club, Kitty Poo Club has that too. <laughs> and right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering an awesome discount on your first little litter box order and free shipping when you set up auto ship. Just go to www.kittypooclub.com to save on your first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping and be sure to let them know the flop house sent you after you check out. That's kittypooclub.com. That's in the copy, but it makes it sound like we're threatening Kitty Poo Club. The Flophouse sent you. Bam, pow, bam. Some chill music for you. Hey, it's me, Colin Farrell, the penguin. Tell them uh, the Flophouse sent you. <laughs> 
That's my that's my <sighs> the the penguin as played by Colin Farrell impression. Mm-hmm. That's a good impression. That's a great impression. Hey, yeah. you guys, uh, it's me, the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago. Hey. <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, I love the way, mm. <laughs> I just love the way that like uh, Colin Farrell made up his mind that he was like, I don't care how short the scene is in, if I'm gonna have to put on all this fucking shit, I'm gonna make the most out of any line I deliver. Yeah. <laughs> he was having fun in that movie. You gotta, I, I you gotta have fun. When you're in a Batman movie, why not have fun? Yeah, you just gotta you're have in a fun. a movie about a guy who dresses like a bat and beats the crap out of people. So mm-hmm. yeah. have some fun. Yeah, have some fun. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this year's Max Fun Drive. If you're a member who wants to purchase additional patches, our annual shop is now live. The proceeds for this year's sale will be going to Trans Lifeline. Anytime is a good time to donate to Trans Lifeline, but this year it feels particularly important. Trans Lifeline is a nonprofit for the trans community by the trans community. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help Trans Lifeline connect trans folks to the support and resources they need to survive and thrive. The sale will run until Friday, May 20th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the patches from the drive. We also have a special network patch starring Nutsy that all members can purchase. For more information on Trans Lifeline, visit translifeline.org. And for more information on the patches, head to MaximumFun.org slash patch sale. Hey, this is Alden Ford. And Mujan Zofagari. And we are here with all the other creators of Mission to Zix. Hello. Hey. You're not going to say our names, too? No, no. It's a no. short promo. Yeah. yeah okay. sort of speed now, through. with the end of our fifth and final season just a few weeks away, we want to say thank you to Maximum Fun and to every single one of you who has listened to and supported Mission to Zix. Thank you. And if you haven't checked it out, well, Mission to Zix is an improvised space opera with blockbuster quality sound design, a score performed by an actual 60 orchestra and hilarious guest comedians on every episode and as our final episodes air now is the perfect time to jump on board mm-hmm. that's mission to zix z-y-x-x on maximum fun hey speaking of fun it's time to get back to our game that's right Yay. it's time for the second half of mansplain mom versus mom mother's day belated edition perfect. and first before we get to the next round of the debate i wanted to have a little bonus round and ask each of you a question you can get extra points for that's right three p's because those this, stand yeah. for uh points 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 mm-hmm. um so here's my question Stu. you can go first although sure. you are also going to get to choose uh during the next category Stu. What is the plot of the movie about your mom? And Dan, think about it, because the same question is going to be coming right to you when Stu is finished. What is the about plot of the movie about your mom. mom? Your mom. What If you were making a movie about your mom, what's the plot? Okay. Uh, it would be... <clears throat> uh, I mean, uh, it would probably be some kind of a... Like a... Like a like a heist movie where mm-hmm. she and a bunch of, uh, you know, like a team of experts in their own fields have to come together and uh, steal a big old bag full of money that's in a bank vault. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's her expertise in this movie? Um, well, she was an English teacher, um, so mm-hmm. she likes Wordle, so, uh, maybe that can <laughs> so maybe, be, maybe, maybe she's maybe like the- a, like a, like a, 
like a cryptomancer or something who can like figure out uh, puzzles. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe the lock is a word-based lock rather than a number-based lock. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I said. Sure. And what's the title of the movie? Um, <clears throat> uh, Shelley's Big Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it brings a certain tone to it that's not like a Cracker Jack heist, but you know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not it's wrong. A movie it's like be a, a big day. It's 19, it is a big day sort for Sort of Shelley. a 1960s, yeah. like, swinging London Yeah, heist I could see that. could be called Shelley's yeah. Big Day. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so, Dan, you've had some time to think, what's the plot of the movie about your mom? Uh, I think it would be sort of a, my, you know, my mother was uh, – well, is um, still living, but she was when she was still working a librarian. She's retired now. She was a public librarian and then a librarian for the college in my hometown. And, um, you know, I think it would be kind of, I mean, like this kind of exists, right? The librarian uh, series of yeah. uh, movie, TV There's movies. There's a librarian but, franchise, but it's basically just an Indiana Jones type thing. Well, that's what I was, I was going to be like. National Treasure, but it's with, like, library stuff. But then I'm like, well, that's the librarian mm -hmm. movies, uh, which... Uh, but, like, you know, she, she's kind of a, a small, uh, uh, unassuming lady who, like, maybe it's more of, so like, like, a... So, like, Yoda kind of a, at the end of... Uh, <laughs> Phantom... At the end of uh, How well uh, Attack of the you Clones? describe Yoda as unassuming? I'm saying that she's... <laughs> he's unassuming I, until he starts <laughs> whipping around and doing flips and fighting yeah, dudes. I think she would be a good Miss Marple-style hero, like, kind of a cross-pollination of, like, an Indiana Jones-style thing, but with, like, a Miss Marple-style uh, mystery solver at the, center, at the core. Okay, and what's the title? Uh, the, 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 the books a tryst. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah. That sounds good. My, now, of course, my, and just to answer the question for me, my mom is also a librarian, but in my movie, she can change to take the form of a rabbit. Uh, and it's called Lady Rabbit Super Spy. So she's a spy uh -huh. in the form of a rabbit. The thing is, being a rabbit is a lot, makes it more difficult to be a spy. So it's <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, a yeah, challenge yeah. she has to overcome. She's just kind uh, of a spy in disguise, you would say. It's like how uh, Benicula, despite being uh, a vampire, doesn't have that good of a time because it's also a bunny. Yeah. Exactly. Very much so. So I'm going to give each of you two bonus points for that. You guys okay. did great. That was fantastic. Now it's time for the next. How of many our, did you give yourself? Uh, as the <laughs> as the host, I gave myself ten thousand points. Oh, awesome. So I'm uh, way in the lead. But right now, yeah. so the scores are now Dan eight, Stu seven. Still very close. And we've got uh, neck and neck. Yeah. We've got at least two more rounds of debate. I'll let you okay. wonder how many there are. Uh, so. Stu, you're going to choose on this one. This next category, this is a little, it's a sensitive topic. This is the category Moms Who Died During the Movie. And Stu, you're going to choose who's the better mom, Shmi Skywalker or Bambi's mom. And you get to choose which one you're going to argue in favor of. I'm Shmi going Skywalker, to, of course. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta argue for Shmi. Okay, Shmi Skywalker, mother of Darth Vader, and Dan, mm -hmm. so you'll be arguing the case of Bambi's mom, mom of Bambi, 
the deer. Yeah. Wait a uh, one is, <laughs> of course, <laughs> one, one of course the uh, the maybe the most evil man in the galaxy, or second most evil man in the galaxy, and the other ba- a deer. So, okay, Stuart, you have one minute to argue the case of that Shmi Skywalker is a better mom than Bambi, and you begin now. Balance. Balance is what the galaxy needs, and Shmi provides by squirting out Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Losing points for that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin, uh, Shmi, a single mother, raised Anakin uh, despite Good points. Yeah. having to deal with Watto always busting their chops. She helped, <laughs> she gave him enough space and uh, emotional Good support pun. that he became uh, the best pod racer in the Boonta Eve classic. Uh, <laughs> and he then was able to blow up a droid spaceship, command ship, using those same skills. Uh, she let him go and train. She gave him the space to do that. She got remarried and then killed by some Tuscan raiders. But you know what? Even that <laughs> helped her son along his path to do what he needed to do, which is c- cause balance in the force. <laughs> okay, mm. that's that's a great opening statement. You went a little over in a couple seconds, but that's fine. <laughs> Dan, you have your minute now. I might let you go a little over two just for equal time. Can you explain why Bambi's mom is actually the better mom of the two moms. So wait and begin. What is one good mark of parenthood? It's being there for your child. Now, Bambi's mom, you may remember her as dying very early, but I want to tell you as someone who watched Bambi recently, she does not die until the second half of the film. You are misremembering Bambi. She is around a surprising amount. I don't like amount. the attack on the, on, the, uh, on the moderator. I didn't make any claims <laughs> <about> Bambi's <laughs> Whereas Smee, 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 was she, was she around enough? Do you, if I were to ask 100 people to name 100 Star Wars characters, none of them would come up with her name. Whereas everyone feels the void left by Bambi's mom, who was around a surprisingly long time before she got shot by a hunter. And it that's like, all right. No, that's and you got extra time. Oh no, sorry, I sorry, I was reading your face wrong. I thought you were your face said wrap it up. No, no, no. <laughs> I received a, I received a text about work at the, that because uh, I used ah, the notifications that, on. It was from me. Look on your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> note from Stuart saying, "Don't let him win this." Okay, Dan. Stuart's like, "Hey, Elliot, how you doing?" <laughs> Dan, that was a strong. <laughs> Dan, that was a strong rebuttal. Uh, coming on, so you're getting a good second wind. But Stuart, this is your rebut rebuttal. Uh, tell me, why is Dan wrong? Why is Shmi Skywalker better? Uh, you have so in the public memory, I don't disagree that the average person might not know the name of Shmi Skywalker, though I'm sure they would recount that Anakin did have a mother. Um, <laughs> now, more people will know that, yes, Bambi's mom uh, existed and died, but tell me one person who knows Bambi's mom's name. <laughs> I'd... If if that person exists and wants to write in, just send it to Dan McCoy, care of the Flophouse. <laughs> and that's your rebuttal. That was very well said, very well spoken. Uh, and I, I think we're going to be surprised by the results of this one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. Let's see. It's a. It's still a close. It's still a close game. But right now, um, 
let's see. Hold on one second. Mm. It's I'll so close. I was looking up Bambi's mom to see if she indeed had a name. Or no, no. If, if you, if you, yeah, look it up. If she has, if you can produce someone who knows that, produce them now. But guys, Stu, you've tied it up. It's yes. now ten to ten. That's what it is. It is the level playing field once again. And unfortunately, Dan has a big advantage in this next round because he gets to choose who he's going to argue the case of. That's right. This next category, it's scared horror movie mom. Moms in horror movies or otherwise scary movies that are scared and are scared of things in the movie. Dan, will you be arguing the case of Shelley Duvall in The Shining or mm. Tilda Swinton in We Need to Talk About Kevin? Who would you say is a better mom? Choose wisely because you'll have to make the case. I'm going to choose Shelley Duvall. Okay, so <laughs> the look on Stuart's face is I can't tell if he was dreading that outcome or or okay with it. So Stuart, you'll be arguing the case of Tilda Swinton and okay. we need to talk about Kevin. Sure, an uphill yeah. battle. Yep. Very much an uphill battle. Uh, but being a mom is stressful. Uh, so Dan, your uh, opening statement about the betterness of Shelley Duvall <laughs> in The Shining begins now and you have one minute. I will quickly state that everything I have said in this show is facetious to some degree or another. <laughs> Before saying, Shelley Duvall was able to protect her child from a danger, whereas Tilda Swinton's child was the danger. Now, is that Tilda Swinton's fault? One could argue one way or another. That is not this debate's uh, <laughs> purview. The purview is, which is the better mom? And considering that Shelley Duvall saves her child from her axe-wielding husband, whereas uh, everyone seems to die otherwise in the other situation. <laughs> I'm going to go with Ms. Duvall and her marvelous winter sweaters. Okay, and you have a couple extra seconds, That's but you're done. I've got so much confidence in the efficacy of this argument that I can afford to burn seconds. Wow, that's that, that confidence. I might be insulted by it, but I also might admire it. So, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous gambit. But, Stuart, now it's your turn. You have one minute to turn the tables on Dan and explain why Tilda Swinton uh, in We Need to Talk About Kevin is the better mom. And your minute starts now. <laughs> Perseverance. Enduring love. <laughs> These are the qualities of the, of the best mom. Tilda Swinton and we need to talk about Kevin despite all of her their their history whether it's crossbow related or other things <laughs> <laughs> still loves her child and still makes an effort to find some kind of connection with him even while he's in prison uh and to me that is a moment of pure uh perfect motherly love uh, that even when times are tough, uh, she still finds room in her heart for her son, who is probably somewhere in Hawaii beating people up right now. <laughs> Very topical. Uh, Stuart, that was a great argument. Uh, Dan, now it's time for your uh, third part. This is 30 seconds. Tell me why Stuart's wrong and why you're still right that Shelley Duvall is the best of these two horror movie moms. Uh, Shelley Duvall, in addition to being windy, of course, <laughs> in The Shining, had fairy tale theater. Now, <laughs> are they the same person? 
People can argue this. Scientists <laughs> have not been able to come to consensus. But what could be better as a mom than to have your own fairy tale theater <laughs> where all of the great folk tales come to life before your eyes for your amusement and edification as a child? <laughs> strong argument, strong argument. Uh, telling up the points, though. I've got to say, Stuart really knocked it out of the park. Uh, the the true test of a mother is to maintain love for their child, regardless yeah. of what happens with the child. <laughs> Stuart, that was an excellent <laughs> argument, excellent gambit. By all outward signs, Shelley Duvall is a much better mother in that she saves a child rather than creating a monster. But, you know, <laughs> the true measure of a mom is whether she still loves her monster. So, Stuart... Takes the lead on no. that one. The score is now Uh-oh. is now fourteen to thirteen. Stewart mm. in the lead, but only by one point. And hold on a second. Did you just hear that didgeridoo sound effect? Alex put in a didgeridoo sound effect there. <laughs> wow. Did you just hear that didgeridoo sound effect? I just did. Yeah. Yeah. That means it's time for scared horror movie mom Australian edition. That's right, <laughs> no. guys. Uh, so, Stuart, you get to choose, uh, and this is actually going to be our final debate. Okay. Uh, fin- final main debate. We will have a bonus round right afterwards. Our final main debate. Stuart, <laughs> will you choose to argue the case of Tony Collette in Hereditary or Essie Davis in The Duke? Who is the better mom? Tony Collette in Hereditary, Essie Davis in The Duke. Again, this is Scared Horror Movie Mom, Australian edition. Who will you take the side of? <laughs> Uh, oh, man. I uh, got to go with Tony Collette and Hereditary. <laughs> okay, so Dan, you'll be arguing the case that Essie Davis in The Duke is the better mom, but not mm-hmm. till Stuart has made his opening statement. Stuart, tell me why Tony Collette in Hereditary is the better mom starting now. You have one minute. I mean, look where she comes from. Her mother was a Paimon-worshipping cultist who set all the dominoes up that eventually fall, and then we are left with this kid being, uh, you know, with a demon inside him, and his little sister's head's been knocked off, and it's gross. (laughs) Now... Not making uh, a strong case so far. <laughs> what I will say is a true test of a mother is the ability to fly around and climb on walls and cling on things and set Gabriel Byrne on fire. And you can't tell me otherwise. She can fly. She can do it all. She can cut off her own head. You know what? That doesn't stop her. She's still a mom, baby. Was, was that the full argument? You have like 20 seconds left. <laughs> oh, man. I'm only going to mess it up if I keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then that's, I guess we'll, we'll prematurely end that. I'll see. Maybe I can tack that on to your, your rebuttal to Dan's rebuttal. <laughs> I admire, yeah, the confidence of you guys just burning time at the end. So, Dan, <laughs> it's your turn. You heard his argument. Uh, you d- d- Don't leave anything on the table. There's a final, there's a bonus round after this, but you don't have to worry about it too much. So, tell me, why is Essie Davis in The Babadook a better mom than Tony Klett in Hereditary? You, you know, motherhood is both a, a real and vital thing, and it is a, a, a greater metaphor that we uh, that we love in society. And so, let's look at these movies on the metaphorical level. Hereditary: the message it's telling us is uh, that evil is somehow endemic to uh, a certain family that it gets passed on, along through the generations. Is this a message that we want? Whereas the Babadook tells us that even though uh, love is difficult and stressful and that we may encounter uh, dark emotional times, the only way we can uh, live is to make friends with our dark emotions, which is a a far better emotional uh, lesson to be drawn 
than some sort of uh, some sort of bloodline curse. Uh, and in conclusion, the Babadook, of course, is uh, uh, an icon to us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I mean it's a strong argument in favor of the movie. Uh, you you didn't really, you failed to tell me much about uh, the mom, but uh, you know what? I'll, but I'll give you a point for for some of that stuff. So Stuart, now you can rebut that rebuttal. Tell me why is why is Dan wrong? Why is Tony Collette the better mom? Uh, you've you've already enumerated her superpowers, which is pretty impressive. But uh, what else? What else is there about her? And you have thirty seconds. Okay. Um, we're just going to talk about sheer difficulty here <laughs> because S.E. Davis has one super annoying kid that she has to try and keep control over. Tony Collette has two. She's got one kid that won't <laughs> stop eating nuts. Like, quit it. What are you doing that you're allergic? And then you have another kid who keeps smashing his head on desk, freaking out because he's got a demon in him. That's two kids. That's double the number of difficult kids. <laughs> So it's the math works out. The math checks out on that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, and okay, sure. so we've got. I I think I know my my scores on that one. But before <laughs> we go to the final scores, before I reveal them, it's time for uh oh another final bonus round. That's right, everybody. We've talked a lot about moms. Now it's talked about talk about what is the definition of a mom. So this I want you to debate real quick. This is a lightning round debate where I just want you guys to spit out your arguments real fast to each other, and you can go multiple rounds. You don't have to worry about the time, but geez, keep it short to like a couple sentences each. Just pass it back and forth. Uh, here is the final bonus round. Uh, Mr. Mom, honorary mom? Now, uh, I flipped a coin. Dan taking the pro position, yes, he is a mom, and Stuart mm. taking the con position, no, Mr. Mom. So resolved, Mr. Mom is a mom, Dan taking pro and Stu taking con, and uh, Dan, I'll, you'll go first because your box is above Stu's on my screen. Um, since uh, gender is a construct and mom is a, a word for a nurturer, who is uh, the, the better nurturer than um, Michael Keaton America's wild man, uh, <laughs> you know, figuring out how to change a diaper, uh, doing some sort of shenanigans probably. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen Mr. Mom. It may seem like it's, a, you know, outdated, uh, you know, gender stereotypes is what it's playing on. And it is, but it's flipping them. It's flipping them in the name of uh, moving forward and showing that we all can be nurturers, including Mr. Mom. Okay, Stu, t- why tell him why he's wrong? Why is Mr. Mom not a mom? <laughs> he's not a mom because he is so much more. He is the alpha. <laughs> he is the omega. He's the beginning of the story. He's the end of the story. He is everything all at once. He is the child. He is the parent. He is the grandparent. Mm. He is the son creating life. He is more than a mom. <laughs> Okay, Dan, uh, tell him take you get you get you each get one more round. Dan, bro, I mean you both kind of said that he is a mom, but <laughs> Dan, so, so tell me, is it, is it are you against Stu? Yes. I guess yes, he's just yes. a mom is Check, what you're arguing, and not not the all things. Checkmate. <laughs> if something is all things, then it is also a mom. And uh, Stuart has already admitted that Michael Keaton in Mr. Mom is is everything, and thus. I mean, he's a multiplicity, if you will. He is a good mom, a bad mom, a mom that doesn't know what the name of the other moms are. Uh, you know, he he read the paper this morning. 
You know, see the stories about the, the Birdman <laughs> and the Batman, and uh, Keep put a spotlight. In, on give me more. Give me more Michael Keaton the, <laughs> titles. I love it. Uh, I heard spotlight. That was good. Throw some more you know, in. Drink a little Beetlejuice and sit. <laughs> Gung Ho. <laughs> um, you know, because Batman now. returns, <laughs> guys. <laughs> He leaves, but he comes back just like a mom. <laughs> okay, Stu, uh, do you have any more Michael Keaton titles that Dan didn't mention that you want to get out there? In addition to being your creator, Michael Michael Keaton is also a destroyer. And I ask you this, can a mom truly be a destroyer? I don't think so. He has created a home. He destroys the home when the, when the washing machine goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it becomes a money pit. Wait, was he in Money Pit? No, that's <laughs> Tom Hanks. That's Tom. That's a Tom Hanks oh, movie. All right, so right. that's the end of that. That's Comic the end of that figure. bonus round. Well, Dan got that point, which means, oh, guys, you're gonna get mad at me. It's a tie, sixteen mm. points to sixteen points. Oh. You both, you you have totally tied. You are equally amazing debaters, master <laughs> debaters, if you will. And I just, I hope sure. everyone listening can salute these two master debaters who have showed us uh-huh. such a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> example of master debating joke. tonight. <laughs> In the, <world. laughs> the saddest thing is that I didn't think of it till just now. <laughs> Or else uh, I would have tied it no, in no, no. earlier. I, yeah, you know, if nothing. I'm. I am. This is the best of all possible outcomes. So, for, I, so I should, share the victory and the defeat with my friend Stuart. You should both be mm, the very best proud outcome would it, be Dan, my greatest hater, defeating me. So I then grind harder and better. So I become the best debater in all the land. Oh yeah. Well. We'll keep working at it because I've got a feeling that mansplain, the game of mansplaining debate uh, between two men, you guys, will return at some later date should I think of a theme for it. Uh, mm. Thank you so much for joining us. So, Dan and Stuart, you've shared the joy, the pride, the shame, and the glory of being debaters tonight. And I want to thank you listening to this at home or wherever you are. Open your eyes now. It's no longer night. The bright Sun, <laughs> the bright light of a sunshiny day is shining through the windows, and the now you've been device. you've been reinvigorated by uh, this burst of intellectual uh, combat, this uh, this analytical post and reposting, this war of cerebellums that we've heard tonight, and or, but it's not night where you are now; it's day. Uh, heard today, um, and with with that behind us, motivating us. How we? How can we not make it through the fog of the modern into the <laughs> promise of tomorrow <laughs> Drive and the future into the that garage, awaits us? Just pull the car <laughs> up and park it. <laughs> and so I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank the Maximum Fun Network, to which we are a member of. Please listen to other Maximum Fun shows. They have a lot of very good ones. I'd like to thank our uh, producer and editor, Alex. Uh, Dan, what's his? Uh, how do you spell uh, his his <laughs> handle? Howell Dotty. Howell Dotty. It's H O and the word well. And Dottie is D-A-W-D-Y, I believe. I no, believe wait. you're— Wait, maybe l- there might be another W in there. It's good enough. It's good enough. They'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, nice figure, work. Wait, uh, thank you, Alex. I <laughs> hope you put that didgeridoo sound in earlier when I asked you to. Uh, I want to thank Dan and Stuart for being my, being my contestants. Uh, you can find us online at uh, at the Flophouse Pod on Twitter. And uh, I guess there's a Facebook group and stuff. And there's uh, Dan, what's our website? Uh, it's flophousepodcast.com. Please join us next week as we will be talking about a movie. And then the week after that, as we have another mini, and the week after that, as we have another movie, ad infinitum until the end of the universe and the big crunch when the Big Bang reverses (laughs) and everything goes back into being a tiny particle. 
Thank you very much. I've been Elliot Kalin. I've been Dan McCoy. And I'm still Stuart Wellington. Saying good debating to you. <laughs> That's I don't know about off. that. <laughs> it's ironic. That's the irony of it. Yeah. Don't you think? A whole honest. <laughs> Call her up. Talking about Canadians. <laughs> She's the new Guinness Book. Of records. She's the Guinness Book of Ironic Records. Guinness yeah. Book of Ironic... Alanis's Guinness Book of Ironic Records. Aranis Alanis. That's the, oh. that's the Latin name for it, is Aranis Alanis. It's an ancient tome about what is and what is not ironic. <laughs> Let me crack open my uh, my copy of the Aranis Alanis, and I open You're, up and, yeah. and ghosts float out saying, Spoons, thousand forks, rain on wedding day. Mm-hmm. Blow this ironic yeah. dust off of here. <sighs> The Alana Namakon. <laughs> the Alana Namakon tells you what what things to put in your hand when the other one is in your pocket, so that you can yep. so that you can summon demons. Quatu Alanis Nictu. This ironic thing is that you you shouldn't ought to know these dark secrets. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.